Mike's Daily Podcast. Cafe Anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley 10. Mike's Daily Podcast. The last place on earth, somewhere in Podcastro Valley 10. Emeritopica is where we are. It's like America, but with lots of topics. That's how we are here at Mike's Daily Podcast and singing along to this fantastic musical accompaniment. Yes, that was fun. I'm done. Mike's Daily Podcast. I just want to tell you, if you come to the Bay Area right now, well, right at this moment, it's clear. Mike's and beautiful. Daily and green. Podcast. And the temps are in the 60s, and I'm wearing yeah. I'm wearing shorts. It's insane. I love it. So take that, all you people that eh, the Bay Area. It's part of all those people that are liberals and graffiti and there's a homeless situation that's out of control and there's bad traffic yeah that's all that's true there's all that and horrible taxes and houses are still through the the prices oh my gosh so my lovely lady friend and I yesterday went to Danville California and it's always been an upper crust affluent area very expensive to live there But it's always fun while you're there enjoying some of the delicious restaurants and uh, breweries and bakeries and whatnot and anything else that starts with a B. You go over there, barks a lot, bark, barking lot. Um, Barrel makers, other things that start with a B. But still, as you're walking through this town, and you see the real estate office and the, the little signs there on the window of what their what the what the what the cost is for homes. It's nothing under four million. It's insane. It's insane. And here's today's podcast picture. Insane. It's not a picture of one of those ads, but we'll we'll do some picture from Danville yesterday. See it at mikesdailypodcast.com. But it was very fun. My lovely lady friend and I just, we have such great times together. We can be just walking around in Danville and have a great time. And I would walk the late great Basil the Boxer all around Danville. In fact, I would tell my lovely lady friend yesterday, oh, Basil and I went there. This restaurant used to always have little dog treats out front. There's this one called the Sideboard, very famous. In Danville And it has They always put out These homemade dog biscuits In a jar Out front And I would always Grab one for Basil And he would just Gobble it up so fast And I wouldn't even Eat there And I would I would take the dog treat That's a nightmare of a show It looked good enough For me to eat But I did not I have to be honest You know I know this podcast Isn't rip-roaringly funny Mike it's but you know who is? Catherine O'Hara. Mikey Fikey. Great. And yes, she's very popular for something that rhymes with Blitz Creek. And she, oh gosh, her character on that was so funny. But she said that she had to be loyal to the people that jump-started her career. News random. Even though it meant she had to leave Saturday Night Live after just a week as a cast member. She said that she was, and this came from Deadline.com. 
She said that she was cast in the sixth season of SNL. That was in the early 80s. But she quit after a week. There's been a false story about I was supposedly scared by someone, she says. The rumor suggested that head writer Michael O'Donohue was the culprit. She claims that is not true. Instead, she said she was loyal to the Canadian comedy sketch show SCTV that got her discovered in the first place and prompted that prompted her SNL exit. Our producer would get a deal with the network and we'd have a show for a season or two and then that deal would go away. There'd be a break and then we'd do the show again. He, she says also, and I, I think this was a documentary I saw on YouTube with her. She said, yeah, you know, we would write sketches for SCTV. Eugene Levy, Joe Flattery, uh, John Candy, Martin Short, all those guys came from there. And they would be writing sketches too, but the women wouldn't get paid for the sketches Everybody they wrote. make some noise! <laughs> Bringing to you live from... Podcaster Valley Mont <laughs> Mike's Daily Podcast So she says during one break I got asked to do Saturday Night Live and of course I said yes who doesn't want to do that but then SCTV was picked up again so she departed SNL without ever filming an episode basically I said oh sorry oh sorry I gotta go be my with my comedy family she admits she was wrong. She says, yeah, not cool to take a job and leave it. You know what I mean? That has happened to me on the employer side. There was a guy and he taught me all about Anchor.fm, which later got bought up by Spot Spotify. And I post a lot of my podcasts to that. But he said, yeah, Mike, you know, I, you know, I hired him and I put him through all the, the paperwork and all that. And I trained him. And in two weeks, he was gone. Uh, I got a job at a warehouse. Okay. I thought you wanted to be in radio. Yeah, I got, I'm getting money at this warehouse, so I'm going to go get that job. Mike's Daily Podcast Master Pod Theater. Radio scares a lot of people away. It attracts people and then it scares them away. It attracts them because, ooh, radio, cool, how fun. And then you see how much you make. Unless you're some super top tier, everyone knows you type person that has million. Well, nowadays, you have to have millions of followers on YouTube. Millions of followers on Facebook. It can't just be, oh yeah, a lot of people know me. No, no, no. You have to show the numbers. The numbers are there. The numbers don't lie. Well, they do kind of lie. Some of those are bots probably. Some of those can be bot. Bot, bots, bots, <laughs> it could be. it's all that maybe, but yes, it, they got to see the hard numbers and nowadays you can't lie back about 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you could, oh yeah, I got a lot of fans. Well, let's see your ratings. Here you go. And maybe you had a, a lucky ratings period because that was all sketch. It's even coming. I, you know, we knew it for years. And the thing is, is we busted our tuckuses trying to get good ratings in radio. Did everything we could. There was all kinds of formula we'd follow. As you go outside a cafe anyway, with me, 
outside somewhere in Podcastro Valleyton here in Ameritopica, the last place on earth. And now we see that it was all a lie, the Nielsen, the, the well, they, it's still around. And this is a song to sing. That radio will still use those numbers to get good advertising rates. Matthews News. And that kind of thing. Yo, the mic tip. Thank you so much, though, Catherine O'Hara, for your amazing work and for being honest. Because that's what makes you real. And speaking of Saturday Night Live, Dakota Johnson described Taylor Swift as the most powerful person in America while making a dig at Donald Trump during her Saturday Night Live monologue this past weekend. The two-time SNL host who was, was, uh, who was joined by musical guest T- Justin Timberlake. Is he still making music? The last big hit he had was that Minions song that can't stop the feeling. Dance, dance, dance. I wish him luck. Because then didn't he try and bring back in sync and that didn't work. Mike ripped someone a new one. A lot of things haven't worked lately for musicians that were big in the 2010s. Look at your what's his name? The the other Canadian? The news bleed section. Sean Mendez. And has Camila Cabejo, his ex done anything lately? I haven't heard anything. All you hear about is Taylor Swift. Now speaking of which, so she said, let's see, the two-time SNL host, uh, she w- reflected on her first time hosting the NBC comedy staple. The last time I hosted was right after the SNL 40th anniversary. I was actually in the audience for that per- special. Um, she said as a photo from the 2015 special flashed on screen. Look at the collection of people, Sarah Palin, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg. She said, and look who's sitting right behind me. And the camera zoomed in on the former Republican President Trump. She said, oh, so crazy to be standing next to the most powerful person in America. And then the camera, uh, the camera shifts and then you see Taylor Swift. This is the most poorly written article. Page six. Wow. Which is a very good thing. Seriously. Seven-year-olds write this stuff. That is Emily Selleck. Wow. You need to... Which is a very, very good uh, thing. Did they not teach grammar in college where you graduated from? Ah, uh, college. You know what was popular around the time I graduated college? Baywatch. And Baywatch's Nicole Eggert claims she regrets implant surgery at the age of 18. What's the cliche of the week? 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 She revealed she was suffering from two crib reform carcinoma. She jumped to fame after her role as Summer Quinn on Baywatch. And she regrets ever getting breast augmentation surgery while on the show. What's the cliche of the week? 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 I look at all these younger girls doing it, and I think, God, leave your bodies alone. Talking about getting implants. But when you have to put on that one piece, and it's like you're so flat that you've got pleats across the front, 
that's, I guess, what made her do it or uh, enticed her. She also mentioned not much could be done to change her appearance. Nothing you can do. You can't stuff it with anything. You can't do anything. It was a stupid 18-year-old decision. When she was working on Charles in Charge, oh, I forgot about that show. She thought she'd be doing a spinoff. Years after the show, she endured a series of surgeries, beginning with a series of breast augmentations and then a breast reduction that was even documented on the botched show about surgeries gone wrong. That's Hollywood, everyone. Oh, beware. If you were enticed by... uh, uh, Is it... What do we call it? Is it Tinkletown? Tinseltown I I heard someone (laughs) Called it like Tinkertown But yeah Tinseltown LA That whole thing Look out Hollywood It's uh, Nasty All the gold in California Is in a bank In the middle of Beverly Hills In somebody else's name Yes that's a song From Larry Gatlin And the Gatlin Brothers You're welcome And this other interesting thing about an unfortunate part of what's going on in our world today. What if a restaurant called 9-11 opened? This is clearly celebrating terrorism. The Times of Israel says a new restaurant in Jordan is named October 7. Apparently celebrating Palestinian terror group Hamas's massacre of 1,200 people in a brutal rampage through southern Israel on that day. It is a place that sells shawarma and it has been operated in southern Mazar district south of the city of Karak near the Jordan side of the Dead Sea. Wow. And in related news an adjunct NYU professor denied reports that the terrorist group Hamas beheaded babies and raped women in Israel on October 7th. Telling a group of students last month We know it's not true. We live in a Zionist city. This according to Citizen Free Press. He went on to joke about his reputation for being anti-Semitic, citing a petition launched by an NYU alumnus on October 17th of last year calling for his dismissal. Wine. Well, I like The whiny white man wine list. There is an investigation going on into $50 million grants being given to a Chinese research organization. Republicans are demanding an investigation. National Review says Senator Joni Ernst and Republican Mike Gallagher are demanding the Defense Department's Inspector General probe more than $50 million in defense grants to Chinese pandemic research institutions, including those based in Wuhan, the city where COVID-19 emerged in 2019, according to the National Review. The 2024 National Defense Authorization Act, which passed last month, included an amendment from the lawmakers that directed the IG's office to review Pentagon funding of risky research on pathogens of pandemic potential or chimeric versions of viruses in foreign nations over the last decade. And there is a Reparations task force being announced by the Boston mayor 
Fox News says Boston Mayor Michelle Wu announced that the city has established teams that will play a role in their reparations task force. She said the Boston Reparations Task Force will consist of one team of historians that will research the city of Boston's role in the transatlantic slave trade and the impact of slavery on the city. Each historian was evaluated by city staff and other members of the task force. After examining the city's slave history and its impact on current residents, the Boston Reparations Task Force will create a report of recommendations for reparative justice solutions to aid black residents for the city officials to consider. The task force reportedly has a budget of $500,000 to study the issue. Just lying around. We did something similar here in California. Surprise. There was that. And in the end, our governor, Gavin Newsom, said, Nuh-uh. No money. No money's going to go to anybody. So they did the legwork. They did the, the appearance of doing work. And then said, nah. Wow, shuts, wow. Okay, and then... Let's see. Oh, five TED fellows resign. It's pretty interesting. After Bill Ackman and journalist Barry Weiss were invited to speak. This according to the National Review. Five participants in the TED fellows program, like the TED Talks, like somebody standing on stage acting very elitist with their little annoying microphone sticking out the side of their ear just in front of their mouth like they're Janet Jackson and they're gonna be Miss Jackson if you're nasty and start dancing on stage. I hate TED Talks. I know so many people love those. Oh, I watched a TED Talk. It was so, it was mind opening, you know, cause like it talked about how in your stomach there's all those cells that you have like a brain in your stomach. So like what happens in your stomach basically rules your brain and then your body. That's what I learned in a TED Talk. Okay. Good for you. Well, five participants in the TED Fellows program, which supports and promotes emerging voices in a variety of fields across the globe, resigned after the public speaking organization invited hedge fund manager Bill Ackman and journalist Barry Weiss to speak at its 2024 flagship conference in Vancouver, titled TED Fellows Refuse to be Associated with Genocide Apologists. The letter accused TED of choosing not only to align itself with enablers and supporters of genocide, but to amplify their racist propaganda. The authors of the letter wrote that Ackman has defended Israel's genocide and ethnic cleansing of the Palestinian people and has cynically weaponized anti-Semitism in his program to purge American universities of pro-Palestinian freedom of speech. So you see where Ted stands. Mike's absolutely useless review. Somewhere in Podcastro Valley, it's in the last place on earth. Look who's here. Oh, Mike Matthews, it's Jolly Stewart, Cliff Job Supervisor. I have a bunch of snow globes, Mike Matthews. I always do, and that's what I always say when we start talking, because I don't know what else to say, Mike Matthews. Interesting. Ah. Mike Matthews, is that a Yeti cup? It is. I don't mean to give them a plug. I mean to give them a slug. Um... I don't know what to slug them about. I guess they could be a little less expensive, but those thermos things, as you know from those Stanley cups, are quite popular these days. 
So Yeti was getting popular in the beginning And I think there's just a need They saw something Coming down the road And now Stanley Who has been making cups and thermoses for years Now somebody painted them different And now everybody wants them I don't know, it's crazy Hot commodity at the this time Mike Matthews, I want to start selling Stanley's snow globes. Oh, what's that? It's like a snow globe that says the word Stanley on it, Mike Matthews. You're going to try and cash in? Cha-ching, Mike Matthews, cha-ching. Interesting. Look who else is here. Oh, Mike, this is Floyd the Floorman. And this is John Deere, the engineer. Mike, I'm so fascinated to hear what you sounded like 30 years ago. Yes, well, we've been talking a lot about radio And it was interesting today I was looking online And I was uh, the guy running a country station in Alabama In Huntsville And it was a a big uh, country station And there was a guy Who we hired to do mornings there And my boss had told me Oh, you gotta hire this guy He's out of L.A. He, he must be really good. And you're from California, too. So this is going to be a great, great pairing, great team. Let's do it. So they offered this guy a bunch of money, way more than I was making. And they moved him and put him up in a hotel for like four months. And they just, they went completely nuts over this guy. And he ended up staying for about, not even a year. I think it was, I think we hired him in March. And he would, they... Let him go I didn't let him go The company let him go In November Well then they let me go in December But that was in 2008 And the whole system The monetary system in our country Was not doing well We were hitting a bad recession As you remember in the credit crisis And all that So he I did. I never knew this So he did come from LA And I did not know until today That the job he had on the radio in L.A., that didn't even last a year either. So we should have done a little more research. But my boss was so gung-ho, hire him. Let's just hire him. And that guy, my boss that I had back there, I don't know where he is now. But he he was not a pleasant fellow. And I found out later from someone else that met him and interviewed him and actually through the interview he turned down the job because talking to the guy that was potentially going to hire him it it freaked him out a couple things he said were let's just say in the state of Alabama not not cool things to say these days so he he ended up I don't know where he ended up that this old boss but this guy that I had worked with years ago He worked for us for a little bit doing mornings and he was impossible to give any feedback to, to give any advice to any direction. He would just, uh, oh, okay. And then completely do something different. He threw me under the bus a couple times. Yeah, that was not a good time. And you know, you move all the way across the country for a job. You expect, oh, I don't know, some stability. Uh Uh-uh, nothing. So I had that little memory in my radio world today but here's something from way before that even let's go back in time shall we 
the Let's Go Back with Matthews segment. Let's Go Back with Matthews. The Micropedia Insanica. Mike Scavenger Hunt. Oh, yeah. Let's go back. Oh, wow. We're going way back, everybody. We're going back in time, as Huey Lewis sang, with the whole Back to the Future thing. We're going back to around the time Back to the Future 2 came out, and 3, in 1990, there was a station I was working for called Y97. It was in Santa Barbara. And Santa Barbara's Hot FM. And there it's interesting to hear these because I've been on a like a 90s music kick lately. And and kind of forget Oh yeah, that was a hit in the 90s. Oh my gosh. The bottom of the chart. Pretty good song that never made it on the radio because people didn't think they were worth, but you know what? They come back up and people start playing them and it's like, oh, where'd that come from? Your chances to win, you listen all weekend long. Your chances to win t-shirts, tank tops, hats from your most music station, Y ninety seven. Oh, that was Howard Jones. He was 80s. Most music, 197. Take a look at the South Coast weather. It's going to be uh, clear tonight, sunny tomorrow, with a high of 82. Oh, yeah. Is that MC Hammer? What? Duel. I think there was New Kids on the Block before that. Yes, this is 90 for sure. Most Music 197 wants you to join Dynamite Darren Stone this Saturday at Corbs in Santa Barbara and Corbs of Ventura, where you can register to win the 1990 Red Miata Mazda Miata thing and a pair of tickets to see New Kids on the Block at Dodger Stadium. The winning continues on Most Music 197. And I have no idea what that song is. And that was John Bon Jovi's solo before that with that movie from Young Guns. What became of St. Paul? That was Taylor Dane right there. Every beat of my heart. I could tell a little bit. Every beat of my heart. Okay. St. Paul. I don't know what became of him, but I do know this here is potentially going to be a little bit. And these were all off of the cassette, as you could probably tell. The quality. And that's just going to be of grown up rock. Not the best sounding stuff. 92.7 FM, you're calling number seven. You're my winner. Yeah. Ooh, cool. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you're out of breath. 
Uh, this is from Brendan. I just was uh, dialing a million times there. Oh, okay. What's your name? Uh, my name's Eric, E-R-I-C. Eric, and where are you calling from? Thousand Oaks. Eric, you just picked up a pair of ski lift tickets to Ski Sunrise in Wrightwood. Cool. A and you like skiing, Eric? Uh, well, I've never really been. It's time to learn, Eric. It's one of those sports you're going to enjoy. Okay, great. And it's from Ski Sunrise in Wrightwood. You should ski what you're missing, and you're definitely going to be skiing uh, this weekend or whenever you decide to go. Okay. Just stay on the line and tell me what's your favorite radio station. 92.7. Thank you. 92.7 KNJO. That station no longer exists as KNJO. The National Organization for the Prevention of Drug Use. Oh, I'm not going to play that for you. Nope. That was a bad idea. Okay, uh, it was sort of a parody thing that didn't do too well. And then there was that. So that was KNJO in Thousand Oaks, no longer with us, but a lot of people remember it because it was on the air. KNJO standing for Conejo, which is the Spanish word for rabbits, because that was the Conejo Valley where that radio station was, and and lots of rabbits lived there. I don't know if they still do. And then there was this other station, and that was in 91, 92. And also around that same period, there was a station that no longer exists in the Ventura County area called KKUR. And the UR as in your station, you are, I guess, listening to the station. You are KK. Anyway, it somehow made sense. And here's a little bit of that old station. <laughs> song every hour that's curtis steiger's first a great saxophonist then a great singer i wonder why men at work who can it be now sweet love anita baker and stand by me at ben e king this is mike matthews at 9 10 on a sunday morning on the radio station that plays too much music better music kkur Music 105.5, KKUR, working on 45 minutes, actually an hour of back-to-back -back better music. This is the latest from Bob Seeger off his new Fire Inside album, Real Love. On better music, KKUR. Back to back, better music. This is the latest from Lisa Stansfield. If I could better music 105.5 KKR, the latest from Lisa Stansfield. And change ahead of that Steve Winwood with Valerie. Cindy Lopper, All Through the Night, Bob Seeger, The Real Love, and uh, Paul McCartney and Wings with Band on the Run. Good morning, I'm Mike Matthews. We've got another 45 minutes of back to back, better music on the way. Next today is the first day, the first Sunday, rather, of February. And uh, going on today is the first Sunday in the park, featuring arts and crafts, live entertainment, and more going on at Plaza Park off Thousand Oaks Boulevard and rather Thompson Boulevard and Chestnut Street in Ventura. And also the first Sunday at the airport, featuring many antique aircraft. That's going to be at the Santa Paula Airport. Lots of things to do today. Come to Wix Oh, wow. February, the first Sunday of February. And that's almost here again. And then finally, there was this radio station that played... Uh, oldies, classic rock kind of thing, but this is in 92. So classic rock wasn't quite, they were just coming up with the term. It was just starting to be used a bit more than, well, I don't even think it was being used before 90. So here in 92 was a station called The Bus 96.7. <laughs> 
Mr. Mister. Ain't that Mr. Mister on the radio with their Carrie Lason song? Oh, that's right. And I was confused because there are two versions of Kyrie Eleison that Mr. Mister did. One was that one that was playing the album version, which it just fades out at the end. But then there was the video version where at the very end, uh, the, the lead singer, I think it's Richard Page, he points at the camera and he just sings the, the, the final line, Kyrie Eleison down the road that I must travel. And it ends cold. But that was not it, so I was being duped. The bus 96.7. It's December the 20th. Mike Matthews hasn't done any Christmas shopping yet. Mike Matthews is very stupid. The Rolling Stones. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's go surfing now. It's 45 degrees outside. Yeesh. Hey, coming up this uh, tomorrow, the bus 96.7 has more chances for you to win. It's Stick It and Win. Details coming soon from the bus. More than oldies, the bus 96.7. Mike Matthews with you on the Sunday just before Christmas. Congratulating Robert Montgomery. He's got a nice little Christmas present from Port Wayne. He won the grand prize of the 12 days of Christmas, a 14-karat gold ring from Lens Jewelry in Ventura, valued at $648. We've got more chances for you to win coming up soon. Only from more than oldies, the bus 96.7. Kenny Loggins. It's worth only, only $648? This is... <laughs> Well, I guess it's better than a punch in the nose. Dang, that's rings today cost so much more than that. Uh, add a, a zero to that at least. But well, that was the bus. We did not have the best prizes. As you could hear, some of these radio stations did not have some of the best prizes to give away. Oh, Jackson Brown. Somebody's baby. Better music, 105.5 KKUR. You know, the 70s had salad bars, the 80s had sushi, and in the 90s, it's going to be pasta. Chains of new wave noodle shops specializing in pasta are springing up in New York, L.A., and elsewhere. Well, it's supposed to be good for you, and it's good for me, and it happens to be the title of this new Amy Grant tune on KKUR. Amy Grant. Oh, yeah, she was really big in that time period with that baby baby song and love that's what love can do and the the oh i will i will remember you i think it was pasta that big in the 90s maybe it was it was it pasta has never been good for you so i don't know what that was mike maybe that's why i weighed 500 pounds back then but yeah you got to watch that pasta intake for sure Okay, and now it's time to watch some songs. I guess you can watch these songs because they're on YouTube. But this is the segment, The Mike Matthews New Tunes Feud. We are going to play you some songs that were emailed to me at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. You let me know what you think. Are they any good? Do you like them? Which one do you like the best? The first band is called Knots. And it's all caps, K-N-O-T-T-S, like Knott's Berry Farm. And it says here, the music video for The Offer is inspired by the nostalgic sights and sounds of the 50s and 60s. 
The backup dancers in the video were influenced by an iconic photo of the Supremes and a live taping of their performing Baby Love on the Ed Sullivan Show. And it, it says here, Knots loops in and out of art pop and indie soul. Let us listen to a little bit of their song that is called The Offer. Knots. Oh, I can only play a little bit of it or I'll get dinged by YouTube because that's what they do. They like to uh, do copyright infringement thingies on you. Song number two, The Umbrellas. They are four renegade romantics crafting irresistible indie pop hymns. Here is a song from them that is called Three Cheers. Three cheers. Wow, that's a bizarre looking video. Okay. And then song number three. It is, that's right. Because we talk about how videos look. Is there a podcast out there that's not a video podcast at all where somebody just describes what they're seeing in a video? Is that a thing? Is that as exciting as watching a reaction video of someone watching a, a music video or something from... For the first time. So this is a band called the Reds, Pinks, and Purples. uh, Crystallizing the tragic self-celebrating kingdoms of fortunate failures, false heroes, and music press deities of limitless deceit. Hometown dive gods and humanity in the grips of all its romanticized wonder and woe. The latest missive from DIY pop titan, the Reds, Pinks, and Purples, takes aim at the threads of hope and an untethered abandon into the intimacy and dualities of idolatry and isolation with unwishing well. And here is a song they did called The Town That Cursed Your Name. Which one did you like best out of all three of those songs? The Knots, The Umbrellas, or The Reds, Pinks, and Purples? You can call me at this number. Call Mike at the Cafe Anyway Hotline. Area code 510-228-4640. Will you shut up? Liberty Nation Freedom Foam for All. And with more ways to reach me, here is Ariel. Taking us out. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.